Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. Between January 1, 2011 and July 1, 2019, states enacted 483 new abortion restrictions. These account for nearly 40% of abortion restrictions enacted by states in the decades since Roe v. Wade. Some of the most common state-level abortion restrictions are parental notification or consent requirements for minors, limitations on public funding, mandated counseling designed to dissuade individuals from obtaining an abortion, and mandated waiting periods before an abortion. Louisiana. Louisiana. Louisiana could become the first state without abortion access next year. Wow. That is incredible. Do you think this will happen? I don't know. I I hope so, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I think that people that are interested in the changes in abortion law and legislation and I do think that the presidential election will all come into play. Certainly, certainly. I think that if Louisiana does become the first state to have to not have legalized abortion, I think it will start a trend like the heartbeat law, how states started adopting the heartbeat law. Right. Do you think that will cause pushback from the other side then and maybe... I do. Kind of defeat the purpose of it. I don't think it will defeat the purpose. I think what will happen, my prediction is this. Mm -hmm. If it goes through, obviously Louisiana will be scrutinized. And it is a southern state. Mm -hmm. So that being said, they do have a more typically conservative approach. I do think that Louisiana would be very brave and bold and courageous in in deciding to go forward right. with uh, not having abortion access next year. That could potentially eliminate abortion access throughout the United States because it could have a ripple effect. Right. And that would be a historic monumental event since 1973 when Roe v. Wade became legal. Right. Additionally... What I would foresee happening is there would be obviously a backlash from the pro-choice, pro- Pro-abortion. Pro-abortion. You can go ahead and say it. Pro-abortion, thank you, <laughs> stance. I think 
that they would use and capitalize on the old statistics on back alley abortions. And there would be obviously data provided on their stance from the state of now how many children were coming into protective care and custody of the state because these children that previously would have been aborted are now wards of the state because the parents couldn't financially, emotionally, and physically take care of them. I think that would come into play. However, I do think that it would open society, the United States, up to really looking at what life would be like without legalized abortion. I think it would give us an opportunity to have a different stance and a different viewpoint Mm -hmm. than we have now, because we don't have that now. And I know that what our statistics are showing us is that people who are in a state where there's not readily access to abortion go to another state and try and have one there. In Louisiana, the following restrictions on abortion were in effect as of September 1st, 2019. Abortion would be banned if Roe v. Wade were overturned. Okay. If it was overturned. A patient must receive state-directed counseling that includes information designed to discourage the patient from having an abortion and then wait 24 hours before the procedure is provided. Counseling must be provided in person and must take place before the waiting period begins, thereby necessitating two trips to the facility. Mm -hmm. They're not allowed to use telemedicine to administer abortion medication. What is telemedicine? That is when a doctor calls a prescription into the pharmacy. Mm -hmm. One way that an abortion is performed is by utilizing, it's a two-pill procedure. And so they take one pill and then they take a second pill. So that, that carries us over to Oklahoma, where in Oklahoma, an Oklahoma County District Judge has halted implementation of a law requiring doctors to tell medical abortion patients, the procedure may be able to be reversed halfway through the process. The state argued before the judge, fetuses, which we call little ones or babies on our podcast, can be saved an average of 48% of the time after the first of two pills have taken. If additional medical steps are taken, the first pill is intended to cut off the nutrients to the baby. And then some period of time later, you take the second pill And there's this gap where there is a period of time the woman may or may not have successfully destroyed her baby. Telemedicine would be, going back to that, telemedicine would be the the doctor calling into the pharmacy those two pills that are needed to take in order to terminate. Those are normally taken in the first trimester, early on. And I'm not sure how early, but early on. In Oklahoma, there was a law proposed that... Physicians have to disclose to women coming in to have an abortion Mm -hmm. through the means of two pills that after the first pill, if they change their mind and want to go ahead and proceed with the pregnancy and have a baby, there's still an opportunity and a possibility to do so. Right. There's a 48% chance that the baby can survive. So about half the time. Correct. With medical intervention if necessary. Okay. Where the backlash came from was the other party did not want that to be mandatory. The law that was presented was saying that doctors would receive a $10,000 fine if they did not disclose that this the baby could be, could be saved. Reversed. Saved, right. Yes. Reversed. It would have also made – the law does not make it 
a felony, but it they could face up to a $10,000 fine. However, the Oklahoma uh, district judge has halted the implementation of this law. Okay. So again, I think that we as a nation on the pro-life side are looking for ways to save babies and eliminate abortion as much as we can. Absolutely. In North Dakota, a federal judge blocked a state law, blocked the same state law that required physicians to tell women they may reverse a so-called medication abortion if they have a second thought. North Dakota is one of eight states to pass or amend laws requiring doctors to tell women undergoing medication abortions that they can still have a live birth after the procedure. The other states with a similar, similar laws are Arkansas, Idaho, Kentucky, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Nebraska, and Utah. Five of those laws were passed this year. Again, as a society, we're trying to move forward in the right direction. So in Florida, uh, Florida passed a bill as well recently stating that a minor has to receive parental permission before getting an abortion. I cannot believe that this isn't standard protocol for every state. Absolutely. And every abortion clinic or whatever, right. An abortion is a medical procedure. Even if it is a prescription procedure, mm -hmm. I think a parent has a right to know. If you have a 13 or 14-year-old, I mean, a teenager, walking into a clinic and taking medication, the parent should have full knowledge. A child is a minor, and we don't trust that child to drive a car until they're 16 and right. have had training. Vote until they're 18. Correct. You know? But we're going to trust them to make a decision regarding another life and, and their own. that's going to affect them for the rest of their life, chances are. Possibly medically, physically, emotionally, spiritually, in every aspect. Yeah. So I, I praise Florida for mandating this. Again, I believe, in my opinion, that they should, uh, every state should have parental consent mm -hmm. before a child... Goes under any procedure, much less or is an prescribed abortion. any medication. Yeah. In the state of Arizona, and this is not the same across the United States, so I'm just speaking for Arizona, mm -hmm. a minor needs a parent to sign all uh, medical liability and permission when she's in a hospital having a baby. However, she has all of the her own right and can sign on her own behalf for the baby but not on herself okay which is very interesting because she the state is saying that she has the ability to make the decision to place a baby for adoption which i appreciate mm -hmm. but at the same time she doesn't have the ability to make decisions on her own medical behalf and this is the birth mother we're talking about correct, correct. so for instance yeah a 14 year old can go into a hospital. Mm -hmm. Mom has to sign her in. Dad has to sign her in. Uh, she is in labor. And let's say there are complications and they need to do an emergency C-section or she wants to get an epidural. She has to have parental consent in order to receive that. Right. Baby's born. Baby is all of the medical decisions and the 
ability to place a baby for adoption does not have to be signed off on by her her parent. mother and father Correct. or guardians or Correct. whoever. Okay. So she can do an adoption with no consent whatsoever from her parents. Correct. But she can't do it. And sign medically on the baby's behalf. And I kind of agree with, well, should we have parental? That's a hard one. I don't know. I've often thought about this and I don't know my stance on that. Right. I mean, because you think about a perfect family or whatever that they've always been supportive and stuff, but there's also families who are less than perfect and... This could have repercussions on the birth mother, you know, Correct. this decision she's making. That is, that's interesting. It's profound. Something to definitely think about. It's profound. It's mm-hmm. something that, you know, I have, I have girls that are teenagers mm-hmm. and one of them is 17 and one of them is 15. I don't believe that at 17 and 15, at least in my experience, and when my older daughter was a teenager that they would have the maturity level and they're great kids. They're amazing. Right. They're, of course. they're right on par to make those types of, of choices. But at the same time, I do want to encourage them to come to you. Right. And to be able to be a part of the decision. And that's where family values come into play and are really strong and need to be really implemented from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pennsylvania may be on its way to joining a handful of states where abortion is banned after a fetal heartbeat is detected, which, again, I'm a huge proponent of the heartbeat law because that, to me, makes sense. And we've gone through these uh, statistics before, but about what time or how long into the pregnancy does that fetal heartbeat generally show? Okay, five to six weeks. Five to six weeks. So very early. Very, very early, yes. And again, getting this information out to our listeners is really important because there is an election coming up. Mm-hmm. And abortion is always a really hot topic. Yeah. Going back to Louisiana, I found this really interesting. Abortions in Louisiana only represent 1.2% of all abortions in the United States. Really? That small amount? Yes. However... However, in 2017, that small amount was still 9,920 abortions. That's a lot of babies. Unbelievable. That's a lot of babies. And you would think that would be about half the national average, right? Because if it's 1%, that's 1 in 100. There's 50 states. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So if generally states are about 2%, they're about half. Okay. Sorry, I'm trying to work around no, this. No, absolutely. <laughs> so there are seven, now eight states that have no gestational limits on abortion. So, what that means is that you can have an abortion at any time during your pregnancy, including up to the time of birth. The time of birth. So, that would include Shocking. Alaska, Colorado, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Oregon, Vermont. In Washington, D.C., despite abortion up to the time of birth being legal in several states and the nation's capital, there were only five clinics nationwide that perform late-term abortions. So not all of these states actually perform them. They don't actually have access to it. Correct. But it is legal. Two are in states that allow abortion up to birth, and three are in states that 
prohibit late-term abortion but allow exemptions. Among the states that have no abortion limits, so far only Colorado and New Mexico have clinics that will perform abortions up to 32 weeks and later on a case-by-case basis. At least one clinic in Washington, D.C. offers abortions up to 36 weeks. A baby's viable at 24 weeks with medical intervention. Right. It can survive outside the womb. With medical intervention. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are some cases now where I think uh, they've had success at 23 weeks and and five days. And so the number is lower. Keeps getting lower. Right. A baby that's born at 36 weeks may not need any medical assistance. Right. It's just a premature baby. Correct. And I'm not sure how in 2019 we can look at a law like this and be okay with it. I'm not sure how, as a society, we can sit back and say nothing and do nothing and... Allow it to continue. Right. And so, obviously, you have people with very strong opinions on both sides. Mm -hmm. And you have people who have their beliefs founded in in religion or in some other basis as to why they believe what they believe. Sometimes it's experience. Sometimes it's education. Again, sometimes it's religion. Sometimes it is just... Knowing that it's not right. Yeah, your morals. You know, your parents always say, the one thing I want to teach you is right versus wrong. And again, I'm not judging anybody. I'm not saying what's right and what's wrong. I'm saying that as a mom that has had children and as somebody that works with women who are pregnant and who've had abortions and are now choosing adoption, that adoption is such a beautiful thing. As an agency, we placed 69 babies last year. And I have never been so proud. That being said, in Louisiana alone, in 2017, 9,920 abortions were provided to women. 10,000 babies, essentially. Right. Just gone. And I'm celebrating the adoption of 69. And that's, that's a hard pill to swallow. That's a hard pill to swallow. When you look at the scope, and that represents 1.2. So what do we as a society need to do, say, show, exemplify for people to understand what has to happen? Mm -hmm. The impact of this quote-unquote choice. Will back alley abortions resurface? Yes, probably. Possibly. There will probably be some. Okay. Will there be 9,920 of them in Louisiana alone? I don't think so. I doubt it. I don't think so. I think the chances, the odds are very low of that. I, like I said, this this data that, that we gathered and, and that we're looking at and scrutinizing and trying to understand and make sense of is really hard to grasp. Mm-hmm. We're not talking in a clinical term about fetuses. We're talking about babies and people and human beings when when you turn on the TV and you watch the uh, the commercial that comes on about saving all the animals and Sarah McLaughlin's song comes on. Right. What is the name of that? 
I don't. Is it the ASPCA? I think it is. Yes. Okay. I always change the channel because I can't bear. It's heartbreaking. To look at it because it makes me feel so guilty. Yeah. It makes me want to open up my wallet and just start throwing money at the TV mm-hmm. and write checks and write checks and write checks. And so is that what we need is a powerful commercial with Sarah McLaughlin's song going to open people's eyes to what's going on with abortions? Maybe. Maybe we do. I know that when people who have tried to make a difference and stood up with posters and pictures that were labeled gruesome and horrific and how dare they have that picture up in a public place of an abortion or a baby being aborted. That's what's happening. When we watch the Sarah McLaughlin commercial for ASPCA, and we feel this moving feeling. However, nobody's protesting that and saying that is not right for them to put those images on our television where our children watch. No, everybody has the same reaction. It's heartbreaking. You tear up and you never want to hear that song again. (laughs) Correct. Because it reminds you of how sad it is. And in that stance, in that frame of mind, those are animals. Mm-hmm. We're talking about babies and people. Yeah, human beings. With why can't we have that same that visceral reaction that we have to animals when we're talking about babies? I don't know, because for the past fifty years, the propaganda—can I say that? Sure—has all been so one-sided and. Kind of paints everybody else as close-minded and wanting to take choices away from women and their bodies, and it's only about them. But are we taking choices not. away from women? Or are we taking choices away from babies? We are absolutely taking choices away from the baby. They don't even have the chance to achieve any potential right. because we're stopping it. We're not giving them a voice. Right. So imagine if the same effort, intensity feelings, emotions surrounding that ASPCA commercial Mm -hmm. was given to newborns just a little sooner. It would be nice, wouldn't it? I wonder what difference it would make. Well, we need to do something to change America's mind on this subject. We really do. And that's one of the goals of the podcast. My name is Rachel, and um, I'm six and a half months pregnant. And uh, kind of the reason I chose adoption is I've had six abortions in the past. I was planning on having an abortion with this child. And a friend of mine, she was like, you know what? I know this agency called Building Arizona Families. Why don't you go through them? Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. And maybe this will be an opportunity for you to change your life, get off the street, and turn your life around and help somebody else in the process. So um, I decided to do that. And um, I have two other children. I have a 19-year-old son that I was going to have an abortion with. Um, I told my mom when I was seven months pregnant with him, I went to the abortion clinic and they told me I was too far along. My other child, um, my rights were severed four and a half years ago, so I don't have him either. When I came to Building Arizona Families, it just seemed like a really great place and everybody's really nice. and, And, you know, people have asked me, why don't you keep this baby? Why are you giving this baby up? It's your child. How could you do that? And I, I just, I'm not ready, you know? And it wouldn't be fair, it's selfish of me to keep a baby that I can't take care of. I'm very happy with my decision and I don't listen to what people say about me being selfish or, you know, oh, that's not right, that's your child. How can you give away your child? Why would you not wanna give your child an opportunity to have a better life?
Thank you for joining us on Birth, Mother Matters, and Adoption, written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me, Ron Rains. We also want to thank Building Arizona Families, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and the You Before Me campaign. A special thanks goes out to Grapes for letting us use their song, Ida Know, as our theme song. You can check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com, and you can call us 24 hours a day with questions or comments about the podcast or adoption in general at 623-695-4112. That's 623-695-4112. Make sure to join us next time on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains. We'll see you then.